focus on headline. All right, let's take a look at what major issues are making the headlines today on Focus on Headline. For this, uh, joining us in the studio, we have our reporters, uh, Yoon Se-young and Sun Bo-kyung. Guys, welcome back. Hello. Happy Friday. Never had this duo before. Uh, <laughs> always good to have a bit of changes here and there. Uh, guys, we're going to talk about a, a massive deal in place right now. South Korea having won a $3 trillion won deal. This comes out to $2.2 billion U.S. dollars, and this is to build a nuclear power plant over in Egypt. Uh, it is the first time in 13 years that the nation signed a, a deal that's over a trillion won. Uh, massive amount of money here for overseas nuclear power plants. So, Seung, start us off. Uh, tell us more about this. Yes, um, South, South Korea has succeeded in winning an overseas nuclear power plant construction project for the first time in 13 years since Baraka nuclear power plant in the United Arab Emirates in 2009. The Ministry of Trade, Industry and Energy and the state-run Korea Hydro and Nuclear Power Corporation, or KHNP, announced on Thursday that signed a deal with that they signed a deal with ASE, a subsidiary of Russia's state-owned nuclear company Rosatom. Back in December last year, KHNP was selected as the sole negotiator by the Russian company, which was uh, its main contractor, but that there have been concerns that South Korea could also be subject to sanctions due to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And in, in regards to that, South Korean government made it clear that Seoul has been closely communicating with Washington, Cairo, and Moscow, and that the power generation facilities project that South Korea is about to participate is not subject to sanctions against Russia. KHNP will supply power generation equipment and construction turbine buildings with the aim of creating about 80 buildings and structures for the plant's four 1,200-megawatt reactors in El Daba, 300 kilometers northwest of Cairo from 2023 and 2029. Now, this was a uh, plan, I believe, put in place even during the uh, the previous Moon administration, right, which was, mm -hmm. uh, for some people, there was a lot of criticism. Uh, there was a nuclear power plant phase-out here mm -hmm. in South Korea, but uh, the uh, previous Moon administration was pushing for uh, building and constructing a lot of nuclear power plants overseas. Yes. Uh, but, I mean, that's, that's business. That's completely different. Uh, experts are saying, though, Seung, that Thursday's win is significant because it's expected to have a positive impact on signing similar deals with other countries as well. Right. Um, the Ministry of Trade, Industry and Energy said that the recent success in winning the deal with Russia uh, for Egypt nuclear plant is bring a positive impact on other large will bring a positive impact on other large-scale projects ordered by the Czech Republic and Poland, which are currently seeking to build new nuclear power plants to ensure and enhance their own energy security. And more than 100 domestic nuclear power plant construction and equipment suppliers are expected to participate in this project. So it's going to boom the domestic economy as well. And if South Korea successfully completes this project, it could lead to a larger projects in different countries involving more domestic companies as well. And further, it is also meaningful in that uh, this is Yoon administration's first successful deal for nuclear power sales since taking office, especially when Yoon's job approval rating is not so high, staying in the 20% range. And South Korean government has 
has previously proposed the blueprint to export 10 nuclear power plants by 2030. So much more to looking forward to. That's right. And of course, the UN administration uh, having won its first nuclear mm-hmm. power uh, export deal, though a lot of these plans was done also uh, during the previous administration yes. as well. The signing having been done during the UN administration. Uh, Pokemon, let's get the details of this. Sure. So since President Yoon took office in May, the new government set a target to export 10 nuclear power reactors by 2030. The last nuclear power plant export was in 2009 when South Korea built the Barakan nuclear power station in the United Arab Emirates. According to the Trade Ministry, South Korea state-run Korea Hydro and Nuclear Power Corporation, or KHNP, on Thursday signed the deal with JSC, or or so-called ASE, which is a subsidiary of Russia's state-owned nuclear energy company Rosatom. The deal bears significance in that it's the first nuclear export deal signed by the UN administration, which will serve as a strong momentum to win deals from the Czech Republic and Poland. It's also the first time to tap the African nuclear market as well. The government expects that the deal will boost the already struggling nuclear power industry by creating more work. South Korea's nuclear power plant construction cost is relatively lower than that of China, the U.S. and uh, and, uh, other countries. So thanks to a strong nuclear industry supply chain consisting of more than 100 to 200 equipment companies. Under the deal, KHNP will supply equipment and construct turbine buildings for the nuclear power plant project in Eldaba, which is around 300 kilometers northwest of Cairo. Experts say that because this deal is about constructing buildings, then exporting, let's say, the APR 1400 model reactors, the impact on the industry as a whole will be less significant, but it will still be a good opportunity to revitalize the nuclear industry. In fact, the ongoing war in Ukraine led countries such as the U.S. and Germany to extend the lifespans of its nuclear reactors along with building new ones. Therefore, it's expected that the overseas nuclear market size will grow rapidly. And now that the EU has also recognized nuclear energy as a sustainable activity to reduce carbon footprints, nuclear power is expected to rise as a core industry for energy security. And one more thing, (laughs) according to experts, South Korea should get ready for the renaissance of the nuclear power market, meaning that the country should be prepared to export more than its initial goal of 10 nuclear reactors by 2030. Experts say that there are possibilities to export to countries that haven't been considered yet at all, meaning that there will be growing demand as the importance of energy security will be stressed furthermore. Yeah, I think uh, all the more because of what we saw recently with the uh, the energy crisis, the energy shortage, right? This reliance on, uh, number one, le- reliance on uh, electricity, a reliance on uh, fossil fuels and things mm-hmm. like that. And so when you have Russia that's kind of dominating the European region and they're trying to find out other sources, and not to mention cleaner sources of mm-hmm. energy, uh, I think there are more and more countries out there that are pushing uh, forward uh, you know, nuclear energy. Alicia Fisher says, OK, I definitely need to educate myself. I thought nuclear power was highly dangerous. And that's just the thing, right? <laughs> that's the uh, kind of uh, the idea that people have, because when we think of nuclear power plants, we mm-hmm. think of like uh, the Three Mile Island. Uh, we think about uh, uh, the Fukushima, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Uh, the power plant uh, collapsed there. But I have been a proponent of nuclear energy for like the longest time. But it's just that I think it it just works in certain 
countries, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I don't think Japan is a very good country to have nuclear power plants mm-hmm. because it's an earthquake-prone area, and that was the problem that we had yes. with Fukushima. But, guys, let's talk a little bit more about this because now, for, again, I think it's because of, number one, climate crisis mm-hmm. number two this uh energy shortage right energy shortage and uh, three looking for cleaner energy that more mm-hmm. and more people are kind of changing the nuclear power policy and there's the whole terminology of a uh, green taxonomy as well so say let's get a, kind of get a look in that Yes, um, globally, there is notable support for keeping the plants running for another five years or even build new reactors with advanced technologies like SMRs, which I'm going to talk about later on, in an effort to ensure the energy security. For example, in Germany, back in 2011, then-Chancellor Angela Merkel pledged to phase out Germany's use of nuclear power by the end of 2022, which is this year, after witnessing the accident at the Fukushima Daiichi plant in Japan. But Germany, which obtains around one quarter of its electricity from nuclear power, is now considering extending the operation for three nuclear power plants. And also, according to reports, a majority of the German public are also in favor of running the uh, running their remaining nuclear power reactors for a few more years due to concerns over energy crisis. And for similar reasons, France is seeking to build six additional nuclear power plants by 2035, and UK is also planning to add eight reactors by 2050. Indeed, many experts predict that the overseas nuclear power plant market will rather grow rapidly in the future, as major European countries announce plans to build new nuclear power plants and extend existing nuclear reactors due to the energy supply crisis caused by the Russia-Ukraine war. On top of that, the U.S. has decided to support commercial nuclear power plants by classifying them as clean energy. And like Pukyong talked about before uh, previously, the EU, which aims to achieve climate neutrality by 2050, also decided to include nuclear power plants that do not produce direct carbon dioxide emissions in the EU taxonomy for sustainable activities in July. So um, when taking a look at the global moves in terms of its policies towards nuclear power, um, the use of nuclear power plants is expected to increase in the future. Yeah, I definitely think so. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even the, the current U- UN administration, right, they mm-hmm. kind of uh, went back on the previous moon administration plans of uh, phasing out nuclear energy and said we're going to bring back uh, nuclear power plants uh, here in Korea, which, again, I... I think nuclear power plants just get a really bad name because of all the, you know, the rare ch- times that you see yes. like... Uh, but the chances of the accident is extremely low. Yeah, it's, right? it's extremely uh-huh. low. And and again, like, I don't think Japan as a country is a very good country to have these power plants. Like, mm-hmm. if you're an earthquake-prone area, yes. I don't think you should have uh, nuclear power plants. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's, it should be okay. Uh, Pugil, let's get kind of the, the response from nuclear power experts and also business leaders on the, the return of nuclear power. Right. So overall, the country hailed this significant accomplishment. But we also need to remember that we are not the main contractor. It's Russia. It's yeah, Russian yeah. company. And we are part of that project, which, which will take part take place in about 300 kilometers away from Cairo called Eldaba. And the goal of this project is to run four reactors starting from 2028. And the overall scope of the project is in total 40 trillion Korean won, in which Korean the Korean company KHNP will account for 3 trillion Korean won. And KHNP will be providing the equipment, will be building the turbine buildings, as well as any uh, facilities 
facilities nearby. And the reason why the Russian company chose KHNP is because of our experience of building the nuclear facilities in the United Arab Emirates in Bakara 13 years ago. And that is because pretty much in the global nuclear market, Russia is the dominant Mm -hmm. country and has been sweeping the entire market. But now they've recognized that South Korea has the technology, has the excellence of building these nuclear reactors. And so this will boost the, the ailing, the struggling nuclear industry of South Korea because for the past five years, the Moon administration has been opting for the phase-out, nuclear phase-out yeah. policy. So around there are about 200 um, subcontractors or equipment companies in South Korea. So they will be taking part in this project, which will create a huge spillover effect. And then we can also aim for additional export of nuclear facilities. And for the past five years, the revenue and sales of the parts companies have dropped 26%. And also the number of professionals have also dropped 15%. But now with this new accomplishment, it will probably revitalize the market once again. And Yoon administration will also have uh, better opportunities and chances of being able to export 10 nuclear reactors, which was one of his goals or targets uh, before he took office, oh no, after he took office. And the next plan would be to also, the South Korean government, for instance, already submitted the proposal to take part in the Poland project, which will be accounting for about 40 trillion Korean won. And this November, Korea also aims to take part in the bidding of the Czech project, which will account for 8 trillion Korean won. So, and then also in November, again, uh, Yun. President Yoon will be having a summit with the Saudi Arabian bin Salman prince, and they will also try to accomplish another deal. So all in all, this will, I think, have a very positive impact on the Korean nuclear market. Yang Gurum says nuclear power, oh no. And that's kind mm-hmm. of the reaction that you yes. get from mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people out there. I have been, again, like I mentioned, I've been uh, very much pro-nuclear energy, mm-hmm. but, but... Uh, you know what the problem is with nuclear power plants? If we were to create more nuclear power plants here in Korea and we rely more on nuclear energy, you know what the problem is? We cannot produce uranium. We don't have uranium domestically. Mm-hmm. So this means, and uranium is not something that's very cheap, right? Yes. So we have to export it from other uh-huh. countries. And that export of, and, and mind you, now a lot of countries right now are mm-hmm. you know creating a nuclear power plants and there's going to be more reliance on you know, nuclear energy sources like uranium and things like that. I don't know if plutonium is another one of them. Uh, But that price goes up. And if South Korea has to uh, import a lot of these uranium, it's going to cost more and energy prices are going to go up once again. So that's the big concern. Mm -hmm. We don't have any source of these nuclear energy, you know, Mm -hmm. core materials like uranium here. Mm -hmm. And so that's the only drawback that I could think of, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And of course, other people are going to go, well, what about the nuclear waste? Well, That too. If you you spend a bit much money, uh, I think there's cleaner ways to get rid of the nuclear energy, which is, by the way, the reason why we're so very much upset about the the nuclear power plant over in Fukushima and the releasing of the uh, the radioactive Um, water there is because they chose the cheapest way Mm -hmm. to get rid of uh, the nuclear water or so forth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Guys, we're going to talk more about, uh, I guess, uh, nuclear energy related stuff. Signs that uh, the world is leaning more towards cleaner energy through nuclear power plants. 
You can see this because South Korea, the U.S., and Japan, they're one of uh, three of many countries who I believe uh, decided to... Uh, 11 countries. Yeah, total 11, yeah. right? Uh, signed a uh, joint statement, got in on a joint statement at the 2022 uh, NPT review over in New York, I believe. And basically what they're saying is they're going to pr- cooperate in promoting safe use of civilian nuclear reactors, especially mm-hmm. what's called SMRs. These are small modular reactors uh, under the U.S.-led uh, I guess program called first program right uh it's it's actually an initial for a long name fundamental which Young is going to give us a more detail of this is an interesting one uh, give us a, a look into this right uh, washington announced on thursday that 11 countries including south korea the u.s the uk and japan who met in new york for nuclear non-proliferation treaty review have agreed to cooperate in the U.S.-led infrastructure, so-called FIRST program for the use of small modular reactors or SMR technology. First, um, I didn't bring the full name for the FIRST. Oh, okay. Excuse me for that. FIRST is a program to strengthen strategic ties between partner countries to ensure safe and responsible use of nuclear infrastructure. And this is also to support clean energy innovation and advanced technological uh, cooperation with partner countries. In a statement, the participating countries said the first program will provide a foundation for partner countries to advance nuclear technology and innovate um, reactor design to guarantee energy security and fight against the climate crisis. They also added that the first program will be carried out in line with international standards in terms of security and non-proliferation. Small modular reactors or SMRs are advanced nuclear reactors with power cap- uh, capacity of up to 300 megawatt electrical per unit. This is only about one third of the traditional nuclear power reactor's capacity, and they also produce a large amount of low carbon electricity. Since uh, and since SMRs use a passive cooling system, they do not depend on the availability of electric power. And for that reason, many experts believe SMRs can be future of nuclear energy, saying that they are much safer thanks to the nature of their design, small and modular, and requires only two years to construct a reactor. Uh, It's much shorter compared to the traditional ones because usually traditional ones require four or more years to build one. Yeah, and it's interesting that they mentioned this uh, during the 2022 NPT uh, NPT, uh, review, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And and, uh, basically they're saying, look, there's a lot of people who say when we hear nuclear, mm-hmm. people are going to think nuclear, nuclear bombs, bombs and nuclear yes. weapons and things like uh-huh. that. Look, there's safe ways and there's uh, responsible ways to use nuclear energy. And mm-hmm. this is through, yes. again, you know, nuclear power plants and stuff mm-hmm. like that, uh, which, by the way, first stands for a foundational infrastructure for the responsible use of SMR technology. So that's exactly what it is, like responsible, Mm -hmm. safe way to use Uh nuclear energy instead of using nuclear energy to create bombs and stuff like that. Listen, Mm -hmm. let's create clean energy, (laughs) safe and clean energy. And we need to push forward towards this is Uh is what it is. And so uh, you have a number of countries. I'm going to read out the countries here Uh, in the list that the United States has uh, put it in. uh, United States. Estonia, Ghana, Japan, Kazakhstan, Latvia, the Philippines, South Korea, Romania, Ukraine, UK, and Northern mm. Ireland is uh, not only the Western countries, but mm. different countries from around the world. Yeah, right? and a mm-hmm. lot of these countries are gonna. I mean, they're pro, you know, nuclear energy, uh, and they certainly need uh, self-reliance on, uh, you know, energy as well. So I'm not surprised that it's those countries. Uh, guys, let's talk.
about the economy. Uh, we talked about how the South Korean central bank raised its key interest rates by a quarter percentage points on Thursday, but uh, all their banks are increasing their rates accordingly as well. So, uh, Bo Gyeong, let's get the details of this. Sure. So, as the Bank of Korea raised the key interest rate by 0.25 percentage point to contain inflation, the five major commercial banks also are expected to raise their deposit interest rates. For instance, KB Kungmin Bank will raise the interest rates of its 11 deposit products. Shinan Bank will also raise the base interest rates of its 38 deposit products of up to 0.4 percentage point. Uri Bank, Hana Bank, and NH Bank also plan to raise interest rates of deposit products by approximately 0.50 percentage point, 0.30 percentage point, and 0.25 percentage point, respectively. Man, uh, again, uh, this is all going to impact those have, that have mortgages uh, to pay. So, <laughs> household debt. I'm telling you, there's there's a lot of people panicking right now, yes. and uh, you know, housing prices are dipping down, going mm-hmm, down because mm-hmm. the interest rates are up, and people just have more debt to pay. And you know what we always say: everything else is consumer prices are going up, uh, interest rates are going up, debt is going up. The only except thing that the income, except for the, the income, income, everything goes up except for the income is what we say. Uh, Uh, The governor of Bank of Korea is actually going off to the United States to uh, attend what's called the the Jackson Hole meeting. Uh, This is going to be led by, of course, the U.S. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell. So what's the story on this, Bo-kyung? Right. So according to Bank of Korea, the governor governor of the BOK will attend the U.S. Federal Reserve's Jackson Hole Economy Policy Symposium this week to discuss the latest global economic conditions and monetary policy directions, according to his office. After attending the symposium on reassessing constraints on the economy and policy, Governor Lee will return on the 29th of August. All right, so Seung, let's talk a little bit more about this uh, Jackson Hole meeting, which, by the way, it's uh, it's placed in Wyoming. Uh, and a lot of people are going to be taking a very close look at what Fed Chairman Jerome Powell is going to say because he is going to be delivering this speech on Friday uh, local time. So let's get a preview of this, Seung. Yes, um, to give you a brief background information first, the Jackson Hole meeting is an annual event held by the Federal Reserve Bank of uh, Kansas City since 1978. And every year at the end of August, central bank governors and economic experts from major countries gather to discuss global economic issues and policies. And this year, it will be held from August 25th to 27th local time. And the Jackson Hole meeting grabs the world's attention because the remarks made here have a ripple effect on the global economic market. Um, and like Bo Gyeong said, Bank of Korea Governor Lee Chang-yong will also be attending this meeting as a panelist. But what attracts the most attention is the speech of U.S. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome, uh, Jerome Powell, Powell, which will be held at around 11 p.m. tonight, Korea time. And previously, the Fed has taken so-called the giant steps for two months in a row, raising interest rates by 0.75 percentage points to tame the soaring inflation. And Powell's uh, upcoming speech is expected to be a clue as to whether the Fed will take another 
giant step or to control the speed for the time being? Yeah, uh, right now at this time, the Bank of Korea's interest rate stands at 2.5%, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the U.S. Fed, I believe, is 225 to 2.5%. Like they, they don't have like a set number. They have yes. a range number, uh -huh. like the way that the U.S. Uh, right. Fed does it. So mm -hmm. right now, South Korea, the Bank of Korea, and the U.S. Fed, they're on par. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. come, I believe, September is when the, uh, the U.S. Fed is going to probably talk about another rate hike and yes. so whether or not it's going to be another 50 basis point uh, uh it's highly likely that maybe it's going to be a 50 basis point mm -hmm. i don't think it's going to be a giant step of 75 but the fact is it's going to overtake uh the bank mm -hmm. of korea's uh in interest rates there but uh, what do pundits predict to happen after the jackson hole uh meetings here well experts are divided on prospects for the fed's future path for rate rises some predict that the fed will pause the rate hikes while some say fed will take another giant step or at least a big step like you said uh, raising interest rates by 0.50 percentage points some analysts say Powell's speech will suggest a plan to control the pace of tightening monetary policies and stock market also uh, stock market are also closely watching the jackson hole economic symposium as they take weight and assistance but we can still make a guess by looking at the stock market index. On the first day of the annual conference in Jackson Hole, U.S. stocks rose for the second day. The S&P 500 index gained 1.4%, while Nasdaq Composite gained 1.7%. And although the prospects are divided, analysts say this, the U.S. stock market rise, reflects that more people agree with the idea that Chairman Powell will deliver a message that is not much different from his previous announcement. And the Korean stock market is also doing well. The Kospi recovered at 2,450 points and gained 3.77 points today. And Kostak has lost a little on Friday, but indicators in recent days show the continues to that it continues to maintain an overall upward trend. And the $1 exchange rate, which has continued to rise, fell a little bit, staying in the mid-1,331 range. But if Chairman Powell expresses a stronger-than-expected stance in terms of tightening monitoring policy on Friday at the Jackson Hole meeting, uh, the financial market is likely to falter again as the dollar becomes even stronger. Yeah, you're talking about the, the South Korean financial yes, market, right? Yes, yeah, because, that's yeah, right. that's that's basically it. I mean, if the interest rates are higher over in the United mm -hmm. States and more money is going to be going out, right. a lot of capital outflows over to the U.S. instead of the... It's like when we talked about... Did you guys know in Argentina... The interest rate, the annual interest rate you can get for putting money into the bank is 60%. Mm -hmm. Really? Wow. <laughs> 60% interest rate. And like, I guess borrowing, I don't know what the borrowing costs are, uh -huh. but they were saying interest rate is 60%. And we found this out because we have a global now on, on, on Wednesdays. Uh -huh. And as soon as I heard 60%. that, I was like, I, 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 what am I put my so money in? So we like deposit our money <laughs> yeah. into Argentina? Yeah, but the, the thing all is, move to Argentina. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if you want to move to Argentina because the economy there is really, really I know, bad. I know. But, uh -huh. uh, but we can't also create bank accounts in Argentina because we don't have like citizenship. Right. Like I'm pretty sure yeah. it's like not everybody could put money into Argentina wow. and things like that. But 60%. But yeah, anyways, uh, that's what I meant to say. Like people will think that way. If there's higher interest rates mm -hmm. in some country, people are going to go, well, why not just put the money in that country, mm, right? Yes. I mean, like Argentina is kind of like, like that's pushing it. And I don't think anyone 
can just do this. But uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of capital outflow. Uh, and it's highly expected right. that uh, the U.S. Fed interest rates are going to surpass uh, that of BOK. Uh, guys, let's talk about diplomacy. Uh, South Korea and Japan are holding direct-level talks today in Tokyo while seeking ways to solve a wartime forced labor issue. This is going to be the key thing here. If the UN administration really wants to improve bilateral ties, this is the big issue that they must resolve. It's been very difficult so far, but apparently they're, they're again, finding ways to find the answer, the middle ground here. So, uh, Pogyong, tell us more about this. Sure. So, the directors of South Korea and Japan met today in Tokyo to hold talks on various issues pertaining to both countries. According to the Foreign Affairs Ministry, Lee sang the Asia-Pacific Director, and Huna Koshidakehiro, the Asian and Oceanic Director, met today to seek ways to deal with the forced labor issue. As we all know, there were talks about the South Korean government compensating the victims first and then later requesting the Japanese companies to pay back. But this does not seem easy at all as the parties concerned from the victim side have not been participating in the recent meetings. Both officials talked about a variety of issues today, but mainly focused on the wartime forced labor issue. For instance, Director Lee explained the efforts made from the South Korean side and stressed that Japan should also respond in earnest. Okay, so the South Korean government compensating the victims first and then later requesting the Japanese companies to pay back. I, but there's no guarantee, right? Yeah, that we can get the money the back from the Japanese company. That's company. the thing. There is no guarantee, yeah. right? And I don't think it's... And almost impossible. I, I don't think like. it's it's a matter of the Japanese company not having the money. Uh-huh. It's not like, hey, listen, uh, to not pay we don't back, have right? the money. Can you guys uh, <laughs> spot us first and uh, right. you pay back? Uh, pay them back and we'll give you no no it's not like that i i this is uh man that's going to be not a very good plan because to the be japanese think that this issue has already been solved yeah right so, uh-huh. yeah exactly so that's why if the south korean the south korean government paying back first and then requesting then it's going to be a whole battle of listen we paid you back for you and then the japanese companies are going to say what well, we didn't ask you to pay you back i mean we've already get, uh that's this is why it's never going to be resolved is the big thing and i'm pretty sure the south korean public does not want the south korean government to pay them back because this is it, the victims don't want it's not a matter of i want the money it's right we want the compensation from the japanese companies that owe us the money and Yes, there's the monetary thing, but there's also the symbolic, mm-hmm. this this sim- symbolism, right? And right. so, I don't think South Korean government paying first is the big issue here. Uh, what did Prime Minister Han Duk Su say? Right. So, in a press briefing held on Thursday. Prime Minister Han Dok-su said that he will not be discussing wartime forced labor issue while attending former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe's state funeral, which is scheduled to be held next month. He stressed that this is a matter to be discussed internally to make a peaceful decision. The funeral is expected to take place on September 27th. Yeah, um, boy, uh, it's, it's, it's never... The only way to resolve this and the only way that uh, the, again, the reason why this is tough is you also have to think about the, the South Korean public, all right? The, the mm-hmm. South Korean public is not not going to like it if 
they go out just getting the money from the South Korean government because right. it's not the South Korean government that owes the money for the forced labor. It's not the South Korean government that forced people to work without pay. Right. Uh, it's the Japanese companies. Mm -hmm. So this is, again, why there's the deadlock, whether or not there's ever going to be a resolution to this. We'll have to find out. But nevertheless, uh, let's go into other issues here. Friendlier, friendlier stuff. Although anytime we talk about military... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, hard to say friendly, but the South Korean Australian Air Forces conducted a uh, joint air combat drill at the Australian Air Base in an effort to boost combined operational capabilities. Tell us more about this, Hyung. Yes, um, Korean Air Forces fighter jet, which is participating in Australia's 2022 Peach Black, conducted a friendship flight with Australian Air Force early this week to ensure interoperability of air forces ahead of this year's multinational exercise, the Peach Black. Uh, Pitch Black is a biennial multinational joint exercise conducted by the Australian Air Force to improve regional security and the ability to carry out allied operations. And this year, more than 100 aircraft from 10 countries, including Korea and Australia, the United States and United Kingdom and France, will participate. In the meantime, uh, President Joe Biden is going to be attending the UN General Assembly next uh, month. Uh, big question here is, will President Yoon Suk-yeol and Joe Biden get to meet? there. Uh, fill us in on this, Bogyang. Right. So according to the White House, President Joe Biden is planning to visit New York next month to attend the 77th UN General Assembly. It's expected that Biden will attend the assembly and meet with leaders of major countries. As President Yoon is also expected to attend the UN General Assembly for the first time since taking office, there are possibilities that he will be meeting with President Biden in New York. And this will be then the second encounter since the last bilateral summit in May in Seoul. Yeah, and this is the, the thing, right? Uh, usually what happens is when there is like a new South Korean leader, mm -hmm. uh, the, the first South Korea U.S. summit is kind of, it, it, it takes place in the United States first, but which was why it was so surprising right. that uh, Joe Biden came to South so, Korea first. Mm -hmm. Although, mm -hmm. although judging by the very place that, first place that he went, I think, you know, the, the goal was not necessarily <laughs> to meet the president. But also, you know, uh -huh. semiconductors, yes. well, that's going to be the key uh -huh. thing. But whether or not there's going to be more discussion on that front, uh, whether or not there's going to be more discussion on North Korea, which is mm -hmm. the other thing, and uh, CHIP4, right? That there's yes. supposed to be like the CHIP4 uh, preliminary meeting that's supposed to happen uh, soon. Uh, whether or not right. they're going to talk about mm -hmm. it is the other question. But it is going to be, I think, in the next remaining uh, few months uh, in the 2022 year, there's going to be a lot of talks on the United States, South Korea, of course, China, uh, Japan's going to be involved. All of our listeners out there will try to give you guys all the latest updated uh, news on that. Guys, thank you very much for coming in today. Please stay safe and we'll see you guys again. Have a great, Have a great weekend. weekend. You can listen to Korea Now with me, SJ Lee, by downloading the Arirang Radio application or tune in online by visiting www.arirangradio.com. So make sure you tune in Mondays through Fridays, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Korea time.